What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. I've been gone for a few days. I've been dealing with some back problems uh, for the past couple weeks, actually. You ever just had that that pain? It's not super... Some days it's worse than others, but, you know, some days it bothered me to the point where I couldn't even really get out of bed. I had to literally roll out of bed. Uh bothered me when I sat down for too long periods of time or even when I stand certain days. So I've been dealing with that. But outside of that, life has been good. I hope life has been treating you good as well. Uh Not a whole lot on the news front this week. Uh, so I will not be doing a word on the street today, Uh, but I plan to just get through all the sports. There's been a lot of sports stuff to happen through the week. Of course, we had. Uh, the first round of the playoffs start last night. We do have part two of the first round coming on last night. Uh, the NCAA, uh, at least men's basketball, it declared its champion uh, as well. Uh, we're going to also be going over some NFL news. There's gonna there's a trade rumor going around, uh, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, but th- since there is no world on the street, I'll just be kind of giving you guys some headlines over to look forward to uh depending on what develops with them i will be covering them uh covering these stories a little bit uh further down into next week uh but just a couple quick high uh high uh sorry highlights uh some couple headlines that i've come across uh the democrats are still fishing for trump's tax returns trump is not trying to give it of course i talked about a um I talked about a tax code. I think it was 6103 uh, that did allow uh, the Ways and Means Commission of the House uh, to get his taxes. But again, that has not happened yet. Uh, another quick headline is Ocasio. Uh, sorry, Alexandria uh, Ocasio. I I can't remember her last name. I'm sorry. Uh, but the new uh, the new uh, senator uh, that's been elected, she's going through some, well, basically it's some drama there. Uh, she was supposed to be visiting Kentucky, uh, visiting some coal mines out there. But apparently she has disrespected one of their their state uh, legislatures. So there's some beef going on there. So like I said, outside of the Democrats looking for Trump, uh, looking for Trump's taxes and, and just some little petty drama, not a whole lot to get into. Uh, there is, however, a story brewing at at Michigan State, another sexual uh, sexual harassment case brewing. Uh, now I was gonna show share it today, but I wasn't too sure if it was a college basketball story. I was uh, kind of reading one of the articles, and it could have dealt. Uh, basically was saying that it might have been dealing with different uh, sports teams at that at, at the school. So uh, I will be going through some more information there and I will be going in deeper. I'll just make it a regular word on the street story uh, my uh, subsequently down the line. But as of right now, not a whole lot, uh, just some headlines uh, to, to push out there. Not a whole lot going on, uh, but let's get right into it uh, in terms of what happened this week in terms of sports. Uh, like I said, the NCAA championship, at least for basketball, was was determined and it looked and uh I actually had to watch the game a couple times just because it was so much going on and, and just uh it left so much of an impact so far uh this year but uh the Virginia Tech Cavaliers were able to get it done uh the first seeded uh Virginia Tech Cavaliers got it done against the Texas Tech Red Raiders 85 to 77 is the final score is the final score here and yes it did go into overtime one of the better games that i've seen of course uh like i said before i recently had to rewatch the game so i had to watch it uh watch it i think i saw it one time uh beginning to end full game and then uh the couple the other the other two times i saw it, it was actually just highlights but I, I feel like i got a good uh view of that game a good chance to see b- 
what both of those teams had. Uh, but let's let's look at the stats real quick. Uh, for Texas Tech, they were led by their three guards. Uh, Brandon Francis had 17 points and four rebounds. Uh, David Morietti, he also had 15 points and two uh, rebounds. And also Jared Culver had 15 points, nine rebounds, and five assists. For Virginia, they were led by their three guards as well. DeAndre Hunter uh, led all scores with 27 points. He also brought in nine rebounds. Kyle Guy had 24 points and three rebounds. And then Ty Jerome also had 16 points, eight assists, and as well as six rebounds. Uh, now, for the most part, both teams uh, shot around the same uh, field goal percentage. I think, well, of course, for Virginia, they made a few more shots, uh, but both struggled in the first half to really make buckets. Uh, both team defenses came to play. That's really what it came down to. Uh, but like I said, they, they made the same number of field goals, uh, but just Virginia had a, just a better percentage at the line. They also got to the line a few more times, too. Yeah, Virginia went 20-23 uh, from, from the free throw line, and uh, they also had 50 15 team assists so not only were they able to, able to get to the line they were able to score when they were able to uh despite the defense from texas tech they moved the ball around around a lot and uh they, they they played a really good team game and i think it showed in the final stats here for texas tech it was not a bad year from them nothing to to be to hang there to hang uh Nothing to be down about, really. This was their first NCAA championship appearance in a very long time for Virginia. This is their first ever uh, NCAA championship win. Uh, but for Texas Tech, again, uh, you know, and there was, for what it's worth, uh, there were some questionable calls uh, near the end of the game. Uh, they may have went, or actually no calls, really, uh, that kind of went in Virginia's favor. Uh, but again, I, I think there was, there's been so much, you know, there's been so much in every sport that's been made of referees and, and their impact on the game. Uh, you know, I think at least in this game here, uh, the refs just decided kind of we'll let these things play out. You know, we'll just let the game be decided through the players. Um, certain things might have been missed, but at the end of the day, I still think the players decided who wanted to win that game. It went to an overtime period, and that's when Virginia kind of did its thing and was able to get over on that. It was close. It was, Mind you, it was getting close. Uh, Virginia could have had that game won in the second half. Uh, Texas Tech pushed it to an over overtime, and uh, again, Virginia was able to get it done in the second half. They just happen to have that second half reserve and again like i said there was a couple calls for virginia that could have went either way uh if we go even back to the elite eight game actually the final four game uh the game right before here uh there was some controversy with auburn again um but when it came down to it, I just felt like when it came down to Virginia, they made the shots when they were supposed to. Uh, again, they made it to the overtime period and they performed quite well. Uh, and this is a, this is a uh, you know, it's one of those, you know, this is their moment. You know, again, I was a little bit off uh, last time I was talking about them. I said that they've been on the least the national scene since 2011. You can even go back a little bit further than that, uh, even to when I was in high school, about 20, uh, actually 2008, 2009 for Virginia. So they've been trying uh, to get this this title for a long time like like again like i said they've been in the national mixture uh they've been in the top 25 for numerous years they've had numerous ncaa tournament uh appearances they've just been getting better and better over time i don't know if they, if they can win back to back they're one of those great squads that could do that but they definitely got it done this year and they've been uh it's been a, t a long time coming uh they like i said they've been on the national scene uh they've been in the top 25 they've been fighting for playoff spots uh 
uh, for every 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 year since the past for the past 10 or so years again last year they had a, a very uh, bad experience losing in the first round to the University of Maryland Baltimore County in one of the uh, most outrageous upsets first round upsets you'll ever see so for Virginia this is like I said this is a culmination of hard work for them and I'd like to give them a, a pat on the back this was a good win for them uh, moving on we got one more bit of news from college basketball here uh, uh, Ford R.J. Barrett from Duke fame has decided uh, to enter the NBA draft this year. Of course, he is a freshman. He currently ranks third among all the uh, among all NBA prospects. More than likely, uh, Zion Williamson is at second. I'm uh, oh, sorry, at first, and then we will put probably Job ja, Job ja Morant from Murray State at second. Then I'll leave R.J. Barrett. Uh, but for R.J. Barrett, he is a first-team All-American. That goes without saying. He also averaged 22. Point six points last year, along with seven point six rebounds. He also had uh, six six thirty point uh, thirty point games, along with two where he scored thirty three. So this guy is a, a very good score. He can go score in and out. Uh, there's a lot of aspects to his game that I do like. He does have range. Uh, he probably is not a, a glass hogger. I mean, he's not probably going to get a whole lot of rebounds uh, that you're used to, you know, power forward getting. Uh, but on top of that, there's also places where you hear him uh, be slated as a, uh, a, a guard, uh, more than likely a shooting guard. He is 6'7", uh, so he can probably play. Uh, they had him playing some forward in college at, at Duke. Uh, more than likely, if they're probably putting a guard label on him, he's probably definitely there. And at 6'7", he's probably geared toward probably being, when he gets to the pro level, maybe a small forward, more than likely, maybe even a shooting guard, depending on what he can do with his shooting. So there's a lot of possibilities for him, uh, but it, it looks like like he's going to call it a, re a, a rat for his college career, and you'll be hearing his name uh, in a few more months at the NBA draft. All right, y'all, speaking of the NBA, we will get to that in just a little bit, but I will take a quick break because there is one bit of NFL news that I want to talk about. There is a trade rumor amongst us, and this one is really important because it's dealing with one of our bigger stars in the league at the quarterback position. So I will be right back, y'all. All right. Alright y'all, I am back, and like I said before, there is a trade rumor amongst us, like I said, uh, one of the more popular quarterbacks in our league, uh, Seattle's own Russell Wilson. Now, it's, you know, it's pretty much common knowledge that this is his contract year uh there and there has been twice uh there has been twice this year uh once in january and actually once about a week or so ago uh where russell has basically given uh the seahawks a, a time period in which he wants a deal hammered home uh there is no real uh concrete numbers that he's looking for but obviously uh with the 200 million i believe uh one of the hotter quarterbacks I think it was Mahomes uh, got about a couple hundred million uh, within the last year or so as a as a re-signing uh, bonus or as an extension. I think he's looking for somewhere along those lines because I think at this point in time he's one of the he's the 12th highest paid quarterback in the league. Of course, he's looking for a lot more uh, because of of course he's he's deserved it through his. Through his play, pretty much, uh, he's kept uh, the Seahawks in playoff contention uh, throughout. Uh, I think maybe with the exception of maybe a season or two, maybe last season beforehand. Uh, I think actually, 
they did miss it. No, no, no. They made the playoffs last season. So maybe the season before that, they might have missed the playoffs. But for the most part, he's kept the Seahawks in playoff contention. He's gotten them to a Super Bowl win. He's gotten this to Super two Super Bowls for that matter. So that means he's won uh, the NFC uh, conference title twice. So I definitely feel like he's uh, due uh, for a good contract. Now the question is, are the Seahawks willing to give it to him? We've seen with the Seahawks and and just how cheap they they can be uh, during the course of time. They uh, obviously lived a lot, lit a lot of the, uh, the original core of the Legion of Boom Go, including uh, Richard Sherman and then also uh, more recently Earl Thomas. So it'll be a, it'll be a, a, it's a good question to see just uh, what value the Seahawks do place on Russell Wilson because uh, again uh, with all that being said, I know uh, even in their Super Bowl years, uh, you know there'll be a lot that people will say about that defense. Of course, the Legion of Boom, uh, a lot of importance there, but Russell Wilson was just as important. Uh, He led those teams offensively, despite not having good offensive line, despite not having really adequate wide receiver play. Uh, So I always thought um, Russell Wilson was was, um, just enough a part of Seattle's success as that defense. So like I said, it's gonna be important to see just what uh just what value they do place on him with that being said like i said there is this trade rumor now this is a the first one that i see here of course there is a few different teams that might be interested in the services uh but for the most part this is the biggest trade well this is the most concrete trade that i've come across so far and this is a three-way trade this this would involve the arizona cardinals uh, as well as the seahawks of course but then also the New York Giants. Uh, so let's break this one down. Uh, the New York Giants, of course, will get Russell Wilson. Uh, but however, uh, in terms of the Cardinals, the Cardinals will also get a, uh, a, add a 17th round pick and also a, set, a second round pick from New York. And also the Seahawks will eventually get a number one overall pick, that being from the Giants, their number one overall pick for this year, as well as a 2020 and also a 2021 conditional pick. Of course, the draft is on its way. Uh, it's, it, it'll be... Uh, uh, I would say in the next couple of weeks or so. It is this month, so uh, I don't know how quickly a trade like this does happen. But then, like I said, it is possible. It's you know obviously it's out there in the ether. Again, I'm not too sure just uh, how Russell is set. You know, just whether or not his mind is set on moving. For the most part, he seems to be one of those guys uh, that are a legacy guy. Meaning, this team drafted me. I've had some success here. I'm doing a whole lot of things within this community. Of course, we've already heard about his uh, his business ventures into baseball, so trying to bring a professional baseball team to Portland, Oregon. Uh, he's already with a fixture within the Northwest community. Uh, so I don't see him making a big split or wanting to, you know, push a trade just yet. However, if he's not signed, if a, if a, if a deal is not reached, then, of course, all that is possible. But uh, between now and the draft, I don't see a trade being done before then. A deal maybe not being hammered out. I could see that. But I, th- I don't think uh, Russ pushes a trade uh, more so than people are giving him uh more people, I think more people are really pushing him, uh, really wanting this trade uh, out there. But I, I, I don't see it right now. Again, I don't see a, a, a deal being made right away. But I don't see a trade being made by the draft because this is the only time I think it will work. Of course, you can you can you can uh, make this trade happen uh, for next year. Uh, but again, you know, with 
with the iron being able to be struck now, of course, the Cardinals will be able to get a 17th round pick, a second round pick, already coupled with the first round pick. That's a six. That's a six overall pick that they already have. I rather the car. I if the Cardinals want to make this happen, it would behoove them to make it happen this year. They get the sixth round and the 17th round pick. The Seahawks will get a number one overall pick for this year. So, if it's gonna happen. That'll be the likely, the only likely scenario in which it happens. It'll be a three-way trade, uh, like I said, be between the Cardinals and the Giants. However, again, I don't, I don't see Russell really wanting to leave Seattle. He's had so much success there. Uh, I think Seattle can do a lot more to make him successful, though, and I think. It's going to come down to Seattle whether or not they want to make uh, those investments because whether or not they want to go uh, with Russell Wilson or whether or not they want to trade him away for, let's say, the number one overall pick, uh, let's say, for instance, they do that, they will still have to invest into that new quarterback. So do you want a quarterback that you already know what you're getting from, uh, which you already know what you're getting from him? You've already been to a couple Super Bowls, so you've got an MVP quarter caliber quarterback, or do you want to start completely over and have to invest in a rookie? meaning get him a really you have to get him a, a new offensive line you have to get him everybody around him too so uh it's it's a it's an investment either way you might have to invest a little, little bit more in rest but your return is definitely going to be higher for the seahawks so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what happens in the next couple of weeks but i will keep you guys posted on what happens with that uh but for now i'm going to take another quick break and when i come back i'm gonna wrap everything up we're going to be talking some nba action of course we have uh some news to talk uh referring to the Lakers of course we are some of you might know about the Magic Johnson situation so we'll talk a little bit about that and then we're going to get into the first round of the playoffs some of the games that went on last night and we're going to preview a little bit of what's going to be in store for today so we got because we got some games coming on in a couple hours so we'll break those down in just a second all right y'all I'll be right back all right, y'all, I am back. I'm going to wrap this up for today. Like I said, I got some NBA news here. And the biggest takeaway from over the week is the resignation of Magic Johnson from the Lakers. Of course, this happened uh, well, Of course, this happened Thursday, uh, right before their game versus Portland on Thursday night. Uh, Magic Johnson decided he wanted to walk away. He's had enough of the president lifestyle. Uh, reports say, though, that he was not committed to the day-to-day routine of uh, running the front office. Uh, uh, now the GM Rob Palenka, there's uh, this is this is pretty much true amongst at least a lot of the the head uh, analyst guys throughout ESPN and Fox News. This is the big this is the big uh, running theme right now uh, coming from the GM Rob Palenka. Basically, he would be dry snitching the entire time. Where's Magic? I don't see Magic. Uh, so there was a lot of drama there. Uh, Magic Johnson would not be in the Lakers facility a whole lot of the time. Uh, would not be available for you know office sessions and stuff like that uh now one another thing uh well and this is and this is not just uh an anti-magic thing this is also uh if anything is mutual because at one point in time magic wanted to let go uh actually recently uh magic also wanted to let go of rob palenka and also not only rob palenka but the head coach Luke Walton. So there was an issue with that because obviously the owner Jenny Buss uh, wanted to keep both of those guys for whatever reasons I don't know. So there was uh, that dichotomy there. 
Uh, but uh, apparently from Imagine, one of the main things he was talking about uh, was being free, was being free to tweet whatever you wanted. Was uh, He wanted the freedom to be able to talk to whatever NBA athletes he wanted to and not have the pressure of, of having uh, some type of uh, collusion being strapped to him or whatever those, you know, uh, tampering being uh, applied to that. Uh, but again, he, wa he wanted to be, he wants to be more of a mentor uh, or a big brother to these NBA stars, which again, I, I guess makes sense. Uh, but again, why even go out there and take the job if that's really where you you know you really saw yourself being um you know again it's all about having new i don't get me wrong it's 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 okay to pick up new skills it's okay to have different titles in your life and want to do different things but if you're not going to commit yourself to it why why even waste the time you could have put somebody we could have well the lakers uh could have had somebody capable and willing that want to be there uh have that job and they could be maybe in a, in a better position right now because they are a lot more uh, knowledgeable about what's going on than Magic or even Rob Palinka is. Uh, now, Rob Palinka, uh, he does have some uh, some skin in the game. He does have some experience in the league. But again, this is coming from his experience is coming from that of a an agent. As opposed to somebody who's worked the front desk, or somebody who's president, GM, so on and so forth. This is his first type of uh, front office job. Uh, this is uh, for Rob Palenka. So again, both of them uh, kind of had a had a really weird relationship. Is this is and this is all the reports that are coming out. Uh, really did not did not do a lot of speaking to each other. Uh, this is becoming all you know public knowledge. Again, this is all public knowledge. Uh, we're gonna break into a little a breakdown a little bit more. Of what's uh, been going on uh, now uh, magic was hired February 21st of last year of course he's been through two full seasons uh, now the Lakers have uh, finished of course 37 and 45 last uh, this year excuse me this year uh, he missed the playoffs uh, last year they also finished 35 uh, sorry 37 and 47 also uh, outside of the playoffs I'm sorry 35 and uh, 35 and 47 excuse me uh, uh, both records, of course, left them out the playoffs. Uh, for the last two years, they finished 72 and 92. Of course, uh, that is not a good sign. Of course, it does not really see that is not show that they've been improving or anything like that. Um, but with that being said, the Lakers have decided to keep Rob Palenka. And uh, had it not been for the Sacramento Kings uh, in the past 24 hours deciding to nap their coach, they keep Luke Walton too. So uh, regardless of what issue that they were having, uh, they obviously felt uh, more comfortable with Rob Palenka as opposed to Magic Johnson. And they also felt uh comfortable uh for what it's worth with uh, luke walton's style of coaching which uh to me uh, if you ask me 72 and 92 means something's not working uh it has to be the gm it has to be uh not just magic johnson but i think it has to be a uh trifecta maybe even genie bus uh the owner herself is is taken away from some of uh some of what this team can do uh obviously uh magic wasn't the right guy but i still not 100 percent sure on luke but we'll get a chance to see what luke can do in sacramento and i'm not 100 percent sure on rob palinka however um I think the biggest issue coming out of L.A. that I've been hearing now is that they are really actually far behind in terms of many of the aspects needed to run an NBA franchise, analytics, that, uh, scouting, uh, and all those things. Now, with somebody of Rob's uh, experience of being a, uh, uh, what do you call it? I'm sorry, an agent, 
he knows about contract. He knows about structure. He knows about, you know, getting players, you know, together to be drafted. So I think he knows he, he'll have a little bit something uh, for the Lakers in terms of improving, in terms of scouting and stuff like that. Uh, he might have something there. But again, that, that from what I've from what I'm learning through the resources that I'm getting that that uh, um, the Lakers right now are really far behind on the times uh, in terms of, like I said, scouting analytics and really just how to run the day to day operations. This is this is crazy to me. I never would have imagined this uh, coming from a team like L.A. who's pretty much for a good part of. To, well, at least for the good part of my life, have been involved in the playoffs. I've been involved in winning championships. You wouldn't think uh, that this this uh, uh, this this dynasty or this uh, organization hasn't evolved itself since Shaq and Kobe, since you know the the uh, the Showtime era. That is scary to think that they've been around uh, this long and haven't really been progressing in terms of that. So, but again. It doesn't. It doesn't really uh, surprise me because again, they've missed the playoffs for so many years in a row now. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, but for now, y'all, I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, we will be going deeper into the Michigan State drama. Again, there's been some more accusations of sexual abuse on that campus with its sports teams. I don't know what the issue is with Michigan State and girls. We'll figure it out, though. Uh, we'll also be going over a I have a final uh, breakdown of the college basketball season. There is a couple uh, a news stories to break from there. Also, we'll be getting a mock draft ready for that as well. Also, same thing with the NFL. Uh, we have that uh, draft coming up in a few in a few days weeks as well maybe a couple more weeks near the end of this month i believe as well so we'll get to those two as well of course we have the word on the street and do and keep keep your eye out for part three of my immigration series i will have that for you guys soon uh that next episode will be going over the mexican-american war uh and starting and starting with there and then also your first anti-immigration laws as well so uh we will be getting into a lot of stuff in the next couple of days so keep posted this is your man l jamal this is never out of bounds if you're looking to uh, connect with me via social media i am on facebook that is l jamal ajani e-l-j-a J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Same thing for the Instagram. E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-N-I. J-A-N-I. L Jamal Johnny is the name. You know who I am. This is Never Out of Bounds, a place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. I am signing out for now. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. And y'all have a good day. Peace out. One love. All right, y'all. So we're going to be going over some playoff action as well from last night. Uh, we got uh, first up, uh, we got the Magic getting it done against the Raptors. Uh, so we got yeah, definitely upset here. One hundred four to one hundred one is the final score there. Uh, let's break down the stats for that game. Uh, for the Magic, they were led by DJ Augustine. He had twenty five points, six assists, and also two rebounds. Eric Fournier also had sixteen points, two assists, as well as two rebounds. For the Raptors, they were led by Pascal Siakam. He had 24 points, 9 rebounds, and also 4 assists. Uh, Kawhi also did his thing with uh, 25 points and 6 assists and also 4 rebounds. And Fred, Fan, uh, Fred Van Fleet had 14 points and 2 rebounds coming off the bench. Uh, two of my biggest takeaways uh, from this game were, for, uh, were one for the Magic. 5 players had 10 or more points, so they definitely got it from a team aspect. They played a better complete team game 
everybody had you know somewhat of a yeah everybody had a had a role in this win and it looked good for the magic uh one another big takeaway was kyle lowry uh zero points last night he did have eight assists and seven rebounds but zero points missed virtually all his shots didn't really take a whole lot and it was a non-factor again uh, there was a lot to be said about uh, the raptors playoff fails in the past a lot of that blame was put on kyle lowry and demar DeRozan. I'm starting to think it was probably just Kyle Lowry. But anyways, I'm going to move on from that game here. Uh, we also got some more East Coast action here. The Nets also got an upset this time. This was coming against the uh, Sixers in their first uh, their first game. Uh, the final score here was 111 to 102. Uh, for the Nets, they were led by D'Angelo Russell. He had 26 points, 4 assists, and also 3 rebounds. Karis LeVert, the shooting guard, had 23 points. Four rebounds and two assists, and Spencer Dinwiddie, their eighth, uh, their, sorry, their sixth man, had 18 points and three rebounds coming off the bench. So a pretty good game from all three of those guys. For the Sixers, they were led by Jimmy Butler, who had 36 points and also nine rebounds. Joel Embiid also had a double double with 22 points, 15 rebounds, and also four assists. Uh, two big takeaways that I took uh, that I got from this game was for one, poor shooting all around from Philly. They shot 40% overall from field from the field goal uh, as a field goal percentage. Excuse me, only 12% from three point range. They only made three of 25 shots from outside, and then from the free throw line they struggled as well. 24 42, only good enough for 69%. So really not a whole. I mean, again. There's a lot of points they they left on the court, uh, and as far as the two bigger scores, Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, they only accounted for 14 points, six rebounds, and uh, sorry, six uh, assists and seven rebounds. So, no a no show from them two guys. A lot of uh, a lot of bad, poor shooting stats led to a a game one loss. I don't know how often that happens, uh, but again, it can't happen again because I've because I'm in my opinion, the Nets have been playing the best basketball in the past two to three weeks. You don't do it again. Don't do it again, Sixers, because they might run you out of the building. That's my opinion. That's and this is a series where I feel like even though uh, the Sixers may have a better record, the teams are much. I think uh, uh I think the Nets are a lot better than you think. Uh moving on, we got some Western Conference action as well. Uh the the Warriors got it done in an easy game one of uh, their Western Conference first round series against the Clippers. 121 to 104 is the final score there. Let's break down these stats. Uh for uh the Clippers, they were led by Shea Gilgis Alexander. He had 18 points. Uh I'm sorry, 18 points and five rebounds. At least that's that's the starter that led them. Uh, their their the majority of their points came from their two bench, their two role players, Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. Uh, Lou Williams had 28 points and nine rebounds. Uh, 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 sorry, 28 points, five rebounds, and nine assists. Nine assists, of course, coming off the bench. Uh, Montrez Harrell also had 26 points, five rebounds, and two assists coming off the bench. So no starters did a whole lot <laughs> for the Clippers in that game one. Uh, um, of course, Patrick Beverly, they tried to do something different by putting Patrick Beverly on KD. That obviously did not work. Uh, KD had 23 points, three assists and four, I'm sorry, three assists and four rebounds. Steph, of course, did his thing, 38 points, 15 rebounds, and also seven assists. And uh, you also got some uh, production, from, production from Draymond. He had 17 points, seven rebounds, and also seven assists. Uh, 
three takeaways from this game. Of course, we, we all know about KD and Pat Beverly getting into it, uh, both getting injected in the fourth quarter, uh, getting a little frisky with each other. But again, you know, that was a move point because the Warriors were up by so many points. There's nothing that, unless, you know, yeah, there's nothing the Clippers can do in this series. I'm not really interested in this series at all, honestly. Of all the series that are on TV right now, I'll be watching this one at least. It's a foregone conclusion. So, uh, again, unless, unless you know, the, the Clippers can make it interesting by winning two in a row or something, I won't be watching this one. Uh, but in, in, other, in other news, uh, Steph was able to break Ray Allen's uh, record for postseason three-pointers. He's now sitting at 386. I would not be surprised if he's sitting at 420 or more, uh, maybe even 430 by the end of this playoffs. Uh, but a good game from him, of course, and we'll just see some more from him. I, I, like I I said this this at best this can this can go five games but i give no no shot to the clippers uh yeah they're a glorified afc they're just there to be a human sacrifice for golden state that's all that's all uh moving on to the final game uh from last night the spurs were able to get an upset as well uh getting their their game one win against the nuggets 101 to 96 is the final score there let's break down those stats as well uh for the spurs they were led by demar DeRozan. he had 18 points 12 rebounds and six assists uh Derek Wright, uh Derek white excuse me he had 16 points five assists and also three rebounds lamarcus aldrich the og he also did his thing he had uh 15 points and eight rebounds for the nuggets uh this is their first playoff this is their first playoff um series at least for their core that they have right now gary harris had 20 points and three three rebounds uh jamal murray had 17 points and two rebounds and will barton had a double double he had 15 points and two and uh, 10 rebounds excuse me a couple notes to take away from this one uh this was the fourth uh, playoff triple double by a Nuggets player, the first since the 80s uh, by a player uh, by the name of Fats Lever. So, first in a long time. Uh, but Nikola Jokic, of course, who else would do it? He had 10 points, 14 rebounds, and four, uh, 14 assists as well. So, a pretty good game from him. It just did not lead to a victory. Uh, one of the main factors behind that, though, was a, a slip in shooting percentage. One of them, and one of the main uh, players that had a problem with shooting last night was Jamal Murray. Uh, despite scoring 17 points, he went 8 of 24 from the field, and he also missed all of his three point attempts. So, a hard game shooting. Uh, you could probably accredit that. Somewhat to some Spurs defense, but I would say really the Nuggets really have no playoff experience. They have not been here before. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how quickly they can mature, though, because, um, you know, for what it's worth, uh, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, they might have a little bit more playoff experience, but it's not as though they've been super successful in the playoffs either. Uh, so I will give the Nuggets that benefit of the doubt. I think this is still a good matchup. The Spurs, of course, uh, do have great coaching. And again, they do have experienced players, but not necessarily players uh, that have done anything of note. Uh, so it'll be good to see uh, just how just just the the teamwork that we see from the Nuggets from here on out, just to see what they do to improve. Uh, and again, this is their first this is their first showing in any type of playoff situation. So they're bound to get better by game two or game three. So uh, and, and despite what went on, it was a close game and it could have really went either way. I think the experience for uh, the Spurs kind of showed near the end. Uh, but this will be one of the more entertaining uh, playoff series we do see.
But uh, with that being said, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. Of course, we have some more playoff action today. We got the Blazers taking on the Thunder. We also got the Bucks there in action as well, going up against the Pistons. Uh, so we have a good bit of action today. So uh, I will be back uh, we'll be back to report on that tomorrow, uh, as well as the world on the street and all that as well. All right, y'all. So I will see you next time. All right, y'all. Peace out.